Hmm. I think we are live. Except we're not live. We're, it's it's Thursday. It's the middle of the... Well, it's not. It's evening. It's much later than I planned this to be. I've completely screwed up the plans for today by things taking longer. And that silly pack of video taking longer. Anyway, welcome to Rail Natter, everyone. It's not live, but you can chat away. I won't see it because I'm somewhere else. I'm having an actual holiday uh, somewhere. Uh, seeing family, actually, uh, in other places. Uh, but... I'm doing a rail natter anyway, and we're here to talk about the Morpeth curve. Let's let's get my face large, uh, big face. Let's oh, also straighten up. I was sort of a bit squinty for the packing video, which was about three hours ago now. Um, it was a bit ranty, sorry, but it was necessary. It's such a the, the video is just such rubbish, such rubbish. Uh, I hope you've noticed I've got rid of my ridiculous um, <laughs> Red Dead Redemption emulation mustache. Uh, uh, anyway. Right, let's, uh, I mean, what else do I need to say? Not very much. Let's, let's kick off. Let's, let's do this thing. Uh, yeah, um, welcome to Rail Matter. It's not live. the sound worked. I won't know until I finish recording this, at which point I'll have to sort of cut it in. Uh, ah, and there we are. It's a bit of a mess. <laughs> this is, well, this this whole video really is going to be about, um, be about Morpeth Curve. Uh, it's, Morpeth Curve is, 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 is at times, the, the story of Morpeth Curve is tragic, um, but I'd like to think that, in particularly in this case, in 1984, it's more comedic than tragic. No one was seriously injured. I mean, derailing trains is never a good idea, but in this instance, it's it's good to see the slightly lighter side. And this might end up being a bit of a, um, <laughs> well, there's your problem podcast style, uh, mildly irreverent look at disasters, particularly for the people who own the bungalow in the background there. They are not getting good resale value on that property, given that it's currently uh, it currently has a Mark III coach as a structural member. Um, quite something. Um, Morpeth Curve. Uh, this is, so this this place, Morpeth is a funny one. So it's somewhere that I pass regularly on my way, actually pretty much always when I was travelling from uh, uh, north south from Edinburgh when I was a student. I'd go past Morpeth pretty regularly, and still do now on my way up to Edinburgh or wherever I'm going. Um, and there's just this ridiculous kink in the East Coast Main Line. It drops down to kind of 50 miles an hour. I think it, it squeals through at 50 miles an hour. Um, and it's got 125 mile an hour stretches either side. I mean, it's it's completely doolally. Uh, and in fact, let's let's just let's go, let's have a look, shall we? So let's see if this works. So ignore what's ignore the red lines. So essentially, you can see that. Um, let's make this a bit clearer with with this. So you can see it's pretty straight. This is the East Coast Main Line. It starts weaving away as it as it goes further north. It, it is quite a bit weavier, but. Rather than a kind of a, a gentle uh, turn into weaviness, essentially you've got a pretty fast bit of railway coming up out of Newcastle, uh, and then just just basically hits the buffers as it comes this ridiculous curve here um, on the approach into to Morpeth. Um, just just a bit doolally, really. Um, let's not worry too much about. Oh, you can't see that. <laughs> 
we're not live and yet I'm still um, making a mess of things. Let's just tell you what, I'll, I'll do my explanations there. Uh, this is sort of, I'm not going to record this a million times, so let's just go, right, so ignore the, ignore the red lines. Now you can actually see what I'm talking about. So this is why guests are good, because they tell me that I'm not showing things. So north of Morpeth, uh, the East Coast Main Line's pretty weavy, but it's, you know, it's after Chatill it, it speeds up again. But it, you know, it, it weaves up a little bit when it gets cosy with the coast here, uh, goes over the Coquette and uh, sort of, yeah, comes up over the Pegswood Viaduct and then really slows down as you get into Morpeth. And this is a ridiculous Morpeth curve. And then there's a there's a, a stretch of pretty fast alignment, uh, and then you're down into Newcastle. There we are, lovely. But it's it really is like a dramatic. Ignore that red. It really is a dramatic sort of sudden stop. Uh, not ideal for Britain's sort of fastest current mainline. Uh, really not ideal at all. Anyway, let's uh, let's whiz back to here. So, ah, Morpeth, Morpeth, Morpeth. Let's go to the next slide. So this is a map from uh, 1850s, I think it's 1855, correct me if I'm wrong on that one. Uh, you can't, because it's not live. No one's here chatting away at me, that's a bit sad. Um, so yeah, essentially, uh, you are chatting, of course. You're, you're all welcome to chat, so you, you correct, correct me, but I won't see it, essentially. Um, so you can see here, we've got a variety of bits of railway line coming in here. So what is currently the, let, let's, let's do a bit of, let's, let's do a bit drawing shall we uh, if I click here and just get the pen up and um, so this bit here this line uh, here is the uh, East Coast Main Line as it is now it was the Northeastern Railway this bit was built by the um, uh, what became the Northeastern Railway but at the time it was the Newcastle and Berwick Railway uh, and that opened in 1847 in kind of two sections it opened up to Morpeth uh, and then continued on kind of uh, later on um, and so that was the first section. Not not uh, not long after that, you had the railway um, coming up into. So that's a pretty early bit of railway line, and then you have the section coming up into Morpeth uh, from the southwest, uh, southeast. Sorry, and then oh look, more railway appearing, and then this section here, the Wandsbeck section of the Northeastern Railway, is planned to be sort of a trunk route, um, and uh, then it wasn't. Uh, it was so so if it. Uh, there was an accident in 1877, actually, uh, which was partly as a result of reversing moves having to take place uh, in there. So let's let's get rid of the squiggles. Oh, in fact, we can. So that's fine. We'll come back to that. So actually, when this was built, particularly up at the viaduct just up here, um, it was all with timber. It was all timber structures, a bit like this. This is actually the Usburn viaduct elsewhere. But the viaducts that are now all stone, you know, masonry uh, arch uh, viaducts, were all built temporarily in timber. Uh, basically to get the line opened as quickly as possible. Uh, you know, everyone was rushing to get railways open ASAP because they made lots of money. Uh, yeah, that's quite a nice picture, that, isn't it? Lovely. Um, let's get OBS back because uh, I can't see what I'm doing. This might be a bit of a shorter rail natter, by the way, because there's less nattering and more just me lecturing. It's, it's yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm going to continue to dash around like a, like a loony because that's, that's what I do. Um, but uh, welcome to new pa Patreon supporters, by the way. There's a few of you have joined recently. Um, absolute pleasure to have you. Thanks. You, you help this sort of happen. This new rig that's a bit, a bit, a bit higher tech uh, and allows me to do a bit more stuff is part funded by you guys. So thanks very much indeed for that. Really, really appreciate it. Anyway, where were we? Oh, yeah, we were yammering on about this stuff, weren't we? Right, here's a newer map. 
Um, so you can see this is this is from uh, the turn of the the turn of the century, the eighteen hundreds, the nineteen hundreds, the turn of the nineteenth and twentieth centuries. You can see that the Wandsbeck section has now been permanently realigned to go through Morpeth to avoid these reversing moves. Um, so you can see that this this bit here has now been uh, abandoned. Just you know, evidence that railways are closing long before beaching. Uh, Beach and Claxon. Uh, so you can see this has been abandoned already. Uh, and so now the, the Wandsbeck section runs up into Morpeth. Uh, also, that the, the other bit of railway, that, that appears to be gone. Whatever that, that previous bit was, where was it? Yeah, this thing, uh, it's gone, isn't it? Uh, this this bit of railway line, officially gone. It must have, it might have been an old, an old uh, sort of, yeah, so see, it's just, it's just, it's interesting. I didn't even notice that before the, the natter. That just appears to have just totally, uh, totally disappeared. So this here, yeah, very interesting. I wonder if it's visible from the. If we go back to our, let's go back to this. Yeah, so you can sort of see the remains of it here, actually, in the in the satellite view. That's quite interesting. Oh, this well, this is sort of live because you're getting to see stuff I hadn't realised was a thing. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. That is very interesting. So that's presumably. A former uh, mining uh, railway, but it, you know, an old plateway perhaps, um, connecting down to goodness knows what. That's um, very interesting. Uh, yeah, well, anyway, so let's go back to here. Anyway, yes, yeah, so that. Oh, you know what? We've, what is that doing? This, let's let's do it. This is going to be the most unprofessional rail matter ever. Um, I'm going to get this up here. And let's explore. Let's go here and. Just to see what. Actually, I don't want that. I want the mapping. I'm going to go to Morpeth. Uh, so not just the NLS Geo Explore website, but um, actually, there's another website which gives you. It's the same website, but it, it just accesses the old mapping without the comparison. So you can have this side by side or the on top of it kind of layered comparison. Uh, but in this case, we're going to look at the. Oh, let's have a look at this. Let's get the. Let's get this one up. Uh, and just put this over here. Let's have a look. So where's this going? Um, down here, connecting up to old Wagonway. This is so interesting, isn't it? Old Wagon Netherton Wagonway. Oh, once the internet catches up, yeah, come on. I don't know why. That's because the NLS. So the server strength they have isn't particularly good, uh, which is why sometimes the mapping does this. There we go. That's the stuff. Uh, that's interesting, isn't it? There it goes. Well, learn something new every day. So that wagonway has has clearly sort of been incorporated into the railway in some manner, or uh, even maybe just a flat crossing there, actually, just kind of cutting through, and then it kind of ends. And that I wonder what it served. Anyone know what that uh, wagonway served? Uh, is the wet Netherton wagonway? Well, there we go. Okay, so the Netherton wagonway, presumably, therefore feeding. Uh, Interesting. Anyway, uh, there's a mild digression. I wonder what it was up to. Colliery. Oh, there's the answer. Netherton Wagonway feeding the Netherton Colliery. Um, was Netherton one of Stevenson's early ones? I can't remember. In the chat, you can all chat about the Netherton Colliery. There you are. You've had a bit of a bit of a digression. Anyway, so um, anyway, that's gone. It, it gone. Uh, and you can see the, the Newcastle Backworth and Morpeth Railway. The new technology has come through and elbowed the Wagonway out the out, out of the out of the road, as it were. Right. Anyway, what was I on about? Oh yeah. So um, eventually, the Wandsbeck section gets gets gone as well. That that disappears. 
and you're kind of just left with the East Coast Main Line coming through and disappearing off up here, and then also the old, the former sort of uh, Newcastle, Backwith, and Morpeth line, which remains to this day. This is now all, this is all being built on um, as you'd expect. So our first, the trouble with this is that shoving a big curve, um, whilst in and of itself all the safety systems should prevent a problem happening, uh, you know, derailments or what have you, um, the challenge is that things go wrong on railways and the advantage of not having random kink, kinks uh, between straighter, faster sections um, is that there's a bit of redundancy. If something happens, the train can coast to a stop or, you know, if it's over speed, you've got time to kind of, you've got warnings. Whereas the Morpeth Curve, you don't get much warning. All of a sudden, you go from a 90 or 100 uh, mile an hour PSR down to 40 or 50. I think it was 40 at the time, in fact, um, when this first incident happened. And um, so, yeah, so that was in... So in 1877, there'd been a derailment, but it wasn't related to the curve. It was kind of... Um, sorry, I'm, I'm, forgive me. It, was, it wasn't related to the speed through the curve as much as the, the track materials apparently were deficient. Um, uh, although it's interesting to look at the, the the officer from the railway inspector who held the inquiry, which is um, Captain Henry Tyler, <laughs> uh, he made a he made a comment which I think is quite fun, which is it would obviously be better if a deviation line could be constructed to avoid the use of so sharp a curve on a main line. And here we are, like what 1877, like nearly 150 years later, and we're still we still have this huge kink. So even back then, when the trains were running at about 65, 70 miles an hour tops, anyway. Um, the kink it was not a not a good uh, not a good idea. The reason I say that it wasn't derailed on that 1877 derailment, um, uh, the derailment happened at 25 miles an hour, so it was not an overspeed derailment. The, the track just fell to bits. In any case, uh, bring on 1969, uh, and uh, the Royal Northumberland Fusiliers is hauling uh, 11 sleeper carriages or 11 carriages, most of which are sleepers, um, and. Uh, that train hammers through uh, Morpeth Curve way too fast, about 80 miles an hour, bearing in mind the curve is about 40 mile an hour capability, and just derails and spreads everywhere. And unfortunately, at the time, uh, the rolling stock was, poor, was worse quality, uh, and it was the, the, just the, the mechanism of the drill was much more severe. And so people died. There were uh, six or seven people died, I think, as a result of that, and several were injured. You know, more again were injured. Uh, the station was damaged. Uh, the station roof, uh, the kind of platform and roof, were damaged. Um, this this incident had a had an interesting consequence, actually. Uh, firstly, it really accelerated the introduction of um, uh, of speed restrictions being alerted via. Uh, AWS automatic warning system and it also ended up with the introduction of Morpeth boards which we'll bring up I should really put that as the next slide in fact you know what the, let's go along here and just do this there we are so at the top there are Morpeth boards the original Morpeth boards so pe nowadays people think of Morpeth boards as the triangly ones at the bottom but actually when they were introduced in the late 60s I think there was 69 when they actually produced a few of them but uh, certainly through the 70s when these were introduced and in and the early 80s, briefly, um, they look like the top ones. The, the, these yellow, the yellow text on black um, are, the, are these sort of uh, advanced warning uh, indicators, I think is the formal name for them. Uh, I think, is that right? Advanced warning indicators? Let's have a quick look. Yes, AWIs, advanced warning indicators, the official name for Morpeth boards. Um, then the early 80s, interestingly enough, around about the time of the next 
um, speed-related derailment. Uh, the Scottish section, uh, sort of the the um, Scottish region rather, uh, trialled a new type of Morpeth board with this this sort of triangle shape, uh, and then fairly soon afterwards. So that was what was the, the Scottish trial was in. Oh, was it 1986? It was put into trial um, at two sites on the ENG, the Edinburgh Glasgow, um, and yeah, so it was intended sort of as a, as a as a bit of a replacement, as a retroreflective sign, and and then fairly soon after that, so that was so that was what, what did I say that was 86? Pretty rapidly after that, um, the trial uh, in the same year, 1986. So that's two years after the 1984 Morpeth derailment, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, you have these Morpeth boards, the the AWIs, these advanced warning indicators that we're more familiar with and are still uh, the standard today. Um, you see a nice range of them. Uh, so that's nice, isn't it? Anyway, let's uh, flick back to the appropriate imagery. So, yeah, this is the incident in um, in 69. Uh, and you can see it's pretty horrific. You know, the, the Mark 1 coaches were better than the stuff they replaced, but they're pretty rubbish. And they really did fall to bits quite dramatically. Um, uh, and it was just, it was just a, a higher energy collision. Of course, the collision with bits of the station caused... Uh, more happened. Um, the mechanism of derailment was le much less favourable. The energy dissipation was much less favourable than the later incident. Um, but also the Mark III coaches helped substantially. Anyway, so that was a 69 tragic incident. So that's the tragedy. We're going to kind of park the tragedy uh, there. That, it, it, just in case you want, that, that was because the driver allegedly was distracted. So that, that wasn't the root cause. That was the immediate cause. That the driver was just, the immediate cause of the train was too fast through the curve. Uh, the secondary cause is because the, the, the driver was distracted, which is why he missed the the um, uh, he basically missed the the, the overspeed, uh, you know, missed the need to be slowing down, you know, missed the fact that there's there's a dramatic step down in speed from whatever it is ninety down to um, down to forty, and the, and and up until then it was just a, you had to know the route, you had to know that you had to decelerate as you approached Morpeth, and the, and the driver was distracted at the time. Um, yeah, this gradually stepped speed restriction for the Morpeth curve um, didn't actually meet the guidelines for its own stepped uh, speed system, which wasn't actually installed until the 1984 derailment. So there's all sorts of kind of strange chaos going on at Morpeth. Uh, right, next, next, next thing we're going to talk about. This picture, I just <laughs> what a mess. I mean, you can see there's some Mark One coaches involved, but the the, the ones that did most of the topsy turvying were the Mark Threes. That kind of went all over the place. I think there's that the, the black and white picture I had at the start. Yeah, you can see there's there's some Mark threes all over the place. In fact, there's an aerial shot. Should we get the aerial shot up? I um think uh, here's one I made earlier. Yeah, there we go. So you can see this is this is the the the, the incident report by the way. So you can kind of read the work. There's that photo. So this photo was taken as part of the report, the, the color one that I just showed you. You can sort of see the mess. So if we skip forwards and see all the timings and blah blah blah. Um, yeah, you can see in here. Uh, if I, I wonder if this will work, if I zoom in on this. Uh, yeah, so you've got a nice uh, mess of, you know, there's the bungalow and another house. And you can see the spread of coaches. They've stayed connected, which is which is quite good, actually. It's good for energy dissipation and, and, and energy management to, to, for coaches not to split, split apart from each other. Um, there's a class 47 on its side. Um, but the, I mean, the bungalow did a bit of stopping. The energy really had been dissipated by that point, and you can read the report for more about the specifics of what happened every kind of th the sequence of events. And 
Yeah, so you can see, so I think the dark patch there is the track that's been wrecked uh, as well. It's not very much, to be honest. Uh, in any case, the Mark III's were the ones that did the most, the, the, the most moving offline, which is the reason that there were no fatalities or indeed any serious injuries as, uh, as a result of this um, collision. Uh, well, I want to go this way, and then let's go, let's go back to the start so you can see that, that, that overhead view. There it is, yeah, these are all Mark III's. So they've absorbed, there's, a, there's a Mark III in a house, and there's another Mark III in a house. Uh, not, not ideal, to be honest. Not ideal at all. It's just it's a silly, 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 silly bit of railway. Yeah, what a mess. You see all these bogies that have just um, dislodged themselves. This is bad, by the way. You always kind of want bogies to remain attached to your train. But for the most part, everything sits together, but they're not actually tethered. Modern trains, generally, the bogies are attached uh, Connected to the kind of the the, uh, the vehicle body above, but in, in high speed collisions, they always end up coming off. And a five ton projectile is not not very friendly. Uh, look at all these folks having a little look. This guy looks pretty cheerful. There he is. He looks he looks pretty happy. Uh, some serious flares going on here. Look at that. Look at this guy. Nice. Uh, yeah, mixed use of PPE here. It's nineteen eighty four. We won't worry too much about that. Um, so the previous incident was northbound, so it derailed into the station. This incident was southbound, so it cleared the station um, before it spread itself out all over the place. This wasn't the last incident. I couldn't find any pictures of it. Okay, there was, a, there was an unrelated crash in 1992. Um, uh, tragically, the driver was killed. There's a, there a, 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 basically a collision between two freight trains. Uh, goodness knows how that happened. Again, go on to the railway archive to get the details of that. But in 1994, there was another derailment. Um, <laughs> yeah, which again wasn't fatal. Uh, yes, again, a train was travelling at 80. Um, it was heading, I presume it was heading southbound. It doesn't actually say, the, again, the crash report will. Um, yeah, and express parcels derailed uh, at speed, uh, making a right old mess of everything. Uh, just, <laughs> there, all these trains were travelling at 80. So the, so the same as the uh, 69 and 84 instances, each time they're travelling at 80 miles an hour, around a, a 50 mile an hour or a 40 mile an hour. Uh, curve, which is which is interesting because it really shows. I was going to do a bit about curve design and how we actually design curvature. Should we should we should we talk briefly about that? Um, because really, it shows how um, curves how how much faster. The, it basically, it's, it's good about talking to, about design limits and safety limits. Is that actually the design limits we design curvature railway curvature to um, are based on the limits of comfort and maintainability. Safety is quite a bit further on. You can go, and, and generally you can go between two and three times faster around a curve than we've designed it to. I wouldn't recommend doing so. But again, the, the, the horrific Spanish high-speed derailment, that one occurred, okay, the, the vehicle had a pretty high centre of gravity. Um, but also the, uh, sorry Talgo, you're probably going to shout at me for that. Um, John Veach, apologies. That is part of the problem, though. Uh, but the, it was going way too fast. You know, it was, it was double the speed that it needed. To, it was supposed to be going through that through that curve. And um, so, how we design curves is basically we, we design them uh, based on lateral forces through that through the through. So ideally, you'd have a straight railway should always be straight. In fact, I've done this in the, the permanent way um, episode, which you can go and watch. Where I talk about curves. But it's it basically we design curves based on on those limits of comfort. So comfort as a passenger and also goods not getting damaged. More, you know, safety is quite a distance away. Um, yeah, there is. There, there are the more boards. So, so that kind of leaves the question. 
this is going to be a short rail natter, he says, having recorded this for, uh, it's 20, this is going to be a short rail natter, it's going to be half an hour, that's fine though, you don't, you don't need, you don't need me to harp on at you when it's not live, I, I don't know what chat has been going on in the background here, I might have even joined you live in the chat when this goes out, in any case, um, <laughs> I still natter on, you know, what can I say, so what, what can you do about it, well, Okay, so this, the, what's in red is actually a really old bit of crayon easting that I did a long time ago, and it's probably not the alignment I'd choose now. And in fact, it's certainly this stuff, the, the, the cords here, you don't need them, because you don't need the East Coast Mainline to have a connection with Morpeth. Sorry, Morpeth. What you need is Morpeth to have a high-density, frequent service into Newcastle, so that people can go from Morpeth quickly to Newcastle and catch a uh, high-speed train, uh, you know, catch, catch a high-speed two-bound train, uh, southwards, and if we go north, then likewise, then head to Newcastle. And, and but the advantage of that is that you can put loads of stops on that and, and have a really high, you know, uh, if not extension of the town with metro, then you you have a, a kind of a suburban shuttle service running, you know, ten minutes every ten minutes, every fifteen minutes. That's the ideal. But actually, if I was going to do the new alignment, what I'd probably do is is actually I'd come off uh, up here where you've got the straight. I'd skip Pegswood because that gets rid of another. Uh, intermediate station that's just in the way of things skip that uh come across the wandsbeck valley uh, at pretty much at a 90 degree angle uh kind of come probably come around the back of hepscott and then link in around stannington uh, area and, and and you could you could come in kind of you, you could potentially kind of depending on what the speed the overall speed operational model and the speed profile comes in you can actually have quite a weavy bit of railway so long as you you, you weren't dropping it to 50 you know um but there, there are things you could do and and the selby diversion uh, shows what you can do with a bit of imagination and, and thriftiness when it comes to building short uh realignments in any case a realignment depending on what the junctions you do at either end is you could leave morpeth exactly as it is and pegswood and kind of uh, run services on the former East Coast Main Line, or you could uh, turn Morpeth into a terminator and sell the sell the former alignment to uh, you know, or you could use it as a cycleway. But actually, in this in this instance, notwithstanding what we were chatting about a couple of rail matters ago, probably better to just get rid of it and give it to housing because no one wants to use that. Um, you now you could use it as a cycleway. You could link it if you could get the back gardens here. You could maybe link it off and turn it into a cycleway on the old uh, Wandsbeck section of the. Um, of the Northeastern Railway and turn that into a bit of a cycleway because it goes into quite useful, it goes quite quite nicely over towards, it linked up with the North British and it was supposed to, it was going to be a trunk route a bit like the Settle Carlisle was but it, it never quite um, kicked off that way. In any case, new building, new housing is appearing around Morpeth which is kind of precluding this. So as, as, as we continue, you know, 150 years later, we're avoiding this uh, diverting away from Morpeth. Sorry to everyone in Morpeth. Uh, it's going to get harder to do. Uh, you know, this this is probably I wouldn't be surprised if this is soon to be housing, 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 um, because Morpeth is is kind of a useful satellite town for for Newcastle. Anyway, that is is that. Uh, you know, share your thoughts uh, on what you reckon you would do around Morpeth uh, in the chat. I'm sure people have said other ideas. This is a bit of a so the reason this looks like a single flat curve, which it kind of is, is because it's a 125 mile an hour capable curve with a bit compound curve with a bit of cannabis end, but actually. Uh, this is bad. I would not design that like that. I did this alignment back in, I think I was doing a feasibility study related to this at the time. Spoilers. Um, but uh, these things can come to, always come to nothing. But actually this, um, yeah, I did this years ago. This, was, this would have been like 20, 2013, 2014 or something. Uh, I'd do it differently now. I'm a better engineer. Anyway, 
Uh, that so so we've we've had only really half an hour without you guys to chat to you you people to to have nice chats to. Um, I haven't. There's there's not not really much to much else to add really. It's just a bit Morpeth. The reason I have a fixation with Morpeth. The reason I'm talking about Morpeth uh, is because um, pass through there quite a lot. But also it's a bit of a threshold between north and between like proper north and proper south. I always say that my gateway to the north is 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 the are the Air Valley power stations, and those are kind of, once you pass them, then you're in the proper north. Everything south of the Air Valley is the south. I'm Scottish, so, you know. But actually, really, um, <laughs> Morpeth neatly performs that, and it always feels like, I, you know, I, I go through on the train, I kind of breathe a sigh of relief that I've not ended up in someone's bungalow. Um, <laughs> anyway, right, I need to travel. Dina is waiting for me, and it's time to go. And all I have to say is, thanks, thanks for joining. Um, uh, this will be a heel will turn this into a podcast, even though it's going to be a super short, weird one where I'm not answering any questions. Um, you got bonus content with the the pack and video, so I don't mind this one being a bit short. I will see you all next time for da, 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 uh, a proper live rail matter again uh, with Lucy Pryor is going to be joining us. We're going to be talking about uh, stem or steam, Ooh. Uh, which should be nice. That was the, that was actually a conversation that that was the first one that Lucy Pryor and I met under the auspices of, of kind of discussing this subject. And I don't think we talk, talked about it once. So we ended up talking about a million other things. So uh, such as both Lucy and I are both the same. We just chat about nonsense. Uh, actually, no, Lucy doesn't chat about nonsense. She's just very talkative. I chat about nonsense. Uh, and I get distracted and think about a million different things all at once. Episode 19, we're nearly at 20 episodes. That's crazy. In any case, rail natter. <laughs> In two weeks' time, uh, in two week, well, two weeks from not, I mean, recording this, but in a week's time from when you see this. In any case, thanks everyone for joining. Those of you who did, I don't know how many will have seen this. Uh, it's short and sweet, uh, twenty-nine minutes thirty seconds. As ever, your support of me on here is incredibly helpful. It lets me, you know, upgrade the kit. Uh, and um, all I can say, really, let's go back to Big Face. We've got um, fifteen seconds before this becomes. Um, becomes, uh, uh, yep, nine, eight, seven, six, half an hour. I'm going to beat half an hour. Cheerio!